I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, Dogecoin. I have my comments. I talk to Certix, a company that audits crypto companies to give you peace of mind. And, of course, we have headlines. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, May 5th, 2021. I want to start off today by talking about Doge. Now, this is kind of indirectly talking about Doge, but I just kind of want to put this as a warning and maybe a piece of unsolicited advice. Well, if you're listening to the show and you're clicking the play button, then this might be solicited. (laughs) But I'm going to give you this advice regardless if you want it or not. Let's just say that when it comes to the price of Dogecoin, I was wrong. When it went up to $0.07 and back down to $0.05, I was like, the sky is falling that's it's over there's no way those can go any higher looking at it today at 64 cents or whatever it is we'll go into the crypto prices in a minute i am i have egg on my face to say the least i was wrong and if everybody's making a lot of money off of doge buying lambos put a thousand dollars in there back in the day and now they're just multi-millionaires then congratulations i am very happy for you and much love But with these big gains and with these big price movements comes a lot of euphoria, comes a lot of greed, comes a lot of everybody just putting money into stuff to get rich, to make money off of it, which there's nothing wrong with making money. Obviously, this is not financial advice, but I want to make sure that everybody who's new coming to this space, because there are a lot of new people coming in this space, don't forget the fundamentals, don't forget the reasons why this all exists in the first place. So I have two suggestions for you. The first one is to read Bitcoin white paper. Please understand why Bitcoin was started. Also understand how Bitcoin works. It's very important because it starts the foundation of what the whole space is based off of. It's based off of the freedom to transact, the freedom to conduct business, the freedom to transfer your funds wherever you need them to be. That is what this is about. It's also about banking practices to make sure that things like 2008, the mass amounts of printing of money, hyperinflation doesn't happen. That is also baked into Bitcoin. Transparency is also baked into Bitcoin. So that banking practices like bundling bad loans together or whatever doesn't collapse the housing market or the financial system where bailouts are needed for other people to get rich and prop up the economy. This is the foundation of what Bitcoin came out of. This was like the the phoenix coming out of the ashes, right? And then on top of Bitcoin and using blockchain technology, all these different services, products, came out ethereum based bnb other protocols and infrastructure for this whole system and within that infrastructure and within those products are amazing ideas of how to put power back into the individuals mostly the individuals the retail investors the mom and pop or basically everybody to be able to buy sell transact leverage your wealth your even if you have a little bit of wealth but to leverage that to help build more wealth these are these ideas And these ideas, I think, put so much power back into the individual, back into the average person that goes to work every day, makes $30,000, $40,000 a year, and didn't have the financial opportunities as some people that are more well off. 
This is democratizing it. This is expanding it. This is opening it up to a lot more people. So Bitcoin's white paper is the foundation to understanding the crypto space in the origin story. And the other one is, once you start going through the deep dive of these projects, please latch on to a couple products that you resonate with. That is something that you're passionate about. That's a hobby of yours that you want to learn more about. Please understand what they're trying to do in the space. Now, some of them are just money making. I get that. And there's nothing wrong with making money. But what I'm trying to say is within this technology, within this industry, this upcoming emerging technological innovation, innovative industry, there are some amazing ideas to transform the financial system, transform the way that we, the people, interact in it, and right some of the wrongs that have emerged over time within the traditional financial system or government's governance of that financial system. So the reason why I'm saying this today is that I don't want everything to get lost in new people coming into space, buying Doge, then saying moon. (laughs) That's cool. I'm feeling it. Make money. This is not financial advice. But the fundamentals of this space are so interesting, so powerful, that let's not miss our opportunity because we want to be lazy and not read about it. Or we think that only moon and Lambos and rocket ships is the whole basis of this whole system. I beg you, don't sit on the surface of this industry and just put your money in to get rich or to make profit. Understand it and understand why this exists and how we can use it for the betterment of everyone. Now, to those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at 56880 it just changed. Bitcoin is in at $56,842, up 3.4% from yesterday. And Ethereum is at $3,350, down 1.2% from yesterday or 24 hours ago. Binance Coin, bull in $652.63, up 4.25%. And Dogecoin at $64.7, cents, up 21.6% in 24 hours and 114% in 7 days. XRP is in the number 5 spot at $1.57, up 11.2%. Rounding off the top 10, we have Tether, Cardano, Polkadot, Litecoin at number 9 now at 344, up 11.2% in 24, and Uniswap at number 10. Bitcoin Cash falls out of the top 10 at number 11. Total market cap for the space, we're up about $100 billion overnight at $2.33 trillion, and a BTC dominance of 45.5%. And going into our conversation today, I talked to Daryl Hawk, the COO of Certic, and we're going to talk about a product that might give you a little more peace of mind with the companies, the crypto companies that you're investing in. Hey, Matthew. Great. Great to be here. I just popped open Certic today for the first time, and I didn't know this existed. I see some of my favorite, I would say, projects on here. And this is a service of auditing, and it looks as though you're trying to give the retail investor confidence in these products. Can you tell me about Certic? So uh, where you're at is Certic.org. What we're doing there is trying to bridge some of the complexities of security into a more simple, easy-to-understand, approachable mentality for the space. Understand security is just a need to have. It's not something that we should um, kind of put on the back burner. So we've obviously seen what happened with that. So the, the approach that we've done on that website is compile a lot of our audits. Uh, the majority of them are there. And we try to distill what an audit entails into a quantified metric. So you could find a single number to represent the security level of a project. 
Um, and that actually goes deeper than just code. So we're known as one of the, the top auditors in the space. Uh, we've audited over $30 billion worth of assets. Um, and, and some of the ones you mentioned uh, are, are some of our biggest ones. But we actually also look into things like social media chatter. So what's going on, any suspicious activities. We do, when we work with projects, uh, tend to, actually we're shifting now to this, is uh, do a more KYC approach as well. So the project might be anonymous and want to keep their identities hidden. But when working with us, we want to make sure that we can do the kind of the, the homework for the space um, to make sure that these projects aren't just going to pull the rug. Because um, we've seen too many of these issues happen. We, we really are trying to evolve to, to see what the community needs and present this website as a, a single one-stop shop to uh, protect the space. I, I, re- I really love this. I mean, just the way that you guys laid it out is really cool. So I just clicked on Pancake Swap here and I'm looking at the Skynet overview. Why did you guys name it Skynet? Come on, y'all. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, we, we had some fun with the name, um, but the, the basis of this is actually, it's different from an audit. So because it's actually live and it's taking information, just what's going on for a contract that's deployed, as well as like I mentioned, like social media, it makes it so it's something that just continues uh, across the process. So it's the extension of what an audit would do as a snapshot. Skynet's kind of like an overwatch, like what's going on, we'll alert the community and see if there's anything weird. So had some fun with the name, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, no, no, I don't, man. It's but re- something really cool here is I, I want to just talk about this one thing that I, I saw uh, when I clicked pancake swap. It says static analysis, and it said forty-one issues detected out of four hundred. What does that mean, and and how could I look at this as a retail investor to say is this a safe or unsafe project? Yeah, yeah, good question. So really, what we're trying to do is we're just running through a bunch of different scans and checks. So uh, we have a, a knowledge base just from everything we've seen thus far. Everybody we've audited, everything we're following. So maybe we haven't seen ourselves. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to run these scans to make sure that's it, it's dynamic and it just kind of uh, updates itself in case something weird did happen. And so for something like that, that's just saying that uh, we, we're running through a set of scans, and of those, we found a couple things. But really, I think for the the typical user, you should just look at the distilled score and uh, the metric that it comes out with. So that overall score will aggregate because sometimes they're false positive. Sometimes there's things that aren't really something you should be uh, scared about. Uh, and so we, we put that together into a singular number and you can see that very clearly on the page. So I, I'm looking through some of these as well. Some of them does not, they don't have the audit history like um, PancakeSwap uh, has. For example, there's nothing There's nothing there for on Skynet for ThorChain. How would I interpret something like that? Yeah, good question. So that's actually where that actually means that they have not purchased the Skynet product. Uh, so what we do there and what we've seen a lot is the communities oftentimes be more vocal and try to push the project to get this accountability and this level of security. Uh, we can't force anybody to integrate with this. So we do need to work with them. And so getting the communities backing to really understand this, understand why it's important and use that as a positive peer pressure per se. Um, that's something that we we hope will happen over time. We've actually seen that already begin with some of the, the major projects. Excellent. So last question I have is how would you want or how do you envision the retail investor to use this platform? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways. And so I'll try to distill this into a, a very simple approach. Um, in, in one way, you could see it up top, there's the onboarding projects. So these are all projects that have committed to work with us. So a lot of times these projects um, may be uh, busy doing X, Y, and Z, but they want to tell the community that we're serious about security. We've actually engaged in, in starting to work with Certic. Uh, so I would definitely keep an eye on that, keep tabs on what's going on, and also just follow it over time. Follow us on Twitter. So we do, uh, we have alerted the community, for instance, of rug pulls before they happen, uh, because we are following a specific set of things that are proprietary, so we don't always reveal it. It's not always in the code. Um, and sometimes it's in the, back, in the background of the team or the way that they've 
created the project to begin with. Things that fire some suspicious activity. So we try to alert the community. The right side of the page has a community alerts. Twitter is another way we kind of push out the alerts. Our Telegram also, it's a place that we push out the alerts. Um, so for instance, we, we had a, a couple weeks ago, we were able to alert maybe like three or four hours before the, the rug pull happened in which a lot of people were able to take their money out, out of the, the contract. Um, it was very exciting that the, it actually came to fruition. And we a lot of times actually get alerts directly from the community. So we appreciate that. Um, to use the website in its fullest would be just to be aware of what's going on, do your diligence, do your own research, dive into each specific project that you care about. If you can read the, the, the audit report, it's extremely important. It's also important to recognize that we don't endorse uh, any projects. So by putting the project on here, it's to give transparency. It's not to endorse to say like this project is going to make it or X, Y, and Z. A lot of times things are misconstrued that way. But uh, together, I think this becomes a powerful tool to make sure that you are truly investing in, in more safe uh, and, and you're actually doing your homework before you, you start uh, FOMOing in. That's awesome. Daryl Hawk, COO of Certic. Thank you very much for coming on the show and show me this great tool that you and resource that you guys built. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks for having me. Going into today's headlines, JP Morgan CEO, Jamie Dimon, who once famously labeled Bitcoin as a fraud. We just love this guy and who has perpetuated his Bitcoin skepticism, says, in quote, I am not a Bitcoin supporter. I really don't care about Bitcoin. I have no interest in it, end quote. However, his customers don't give a damn because they want Bitcoin. And he says, in quote, on the other hand, clients are interested and I don't tell clients what to do, end quote. The contradiction is apparent because the people demand crypto. The people demand Bitcoin. And Jamie Dimon and his skepticism is getting bullied by his customers. Good. They should bully him. They should probably bully him out of a job. But good thing he's not hard-headed enough like HSBC to deny his clients the ability to buy Bitcoin. Galaxy Digital, a financial service firm headed by Michael Novogratz, has agreed to buy a crypto custody firm BitGo for $1.2 billion in stock and cash. Yowzers. Yowzers. Galaxy Digital says that it will be able to gain around 400 new global clients from this purchase. What's more, the company is set to undergo a domestication process, which it hopes to eventually lead to a U.S. listing later in 2021, which I think is pretty optimistic. Let's just say 2022-2023, but they're making moves in this, in air quotes, domestication process. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said today that interest rates may have to rise somewhat to prevent the U.S. economy from overheating. She said that these interest rates have to rise because of the increase in government spending. She continued to say, and I'm going to paraphrase this, that even though the additional spending is relatively small compared to the size of the economy, these interest rates, these modest interest rates increases are needed for reallocation of spending. Basically, what they're doing is they're trying to raise interest rates to stop inflation. <laughs> but we all know, I think we can see that inflation has already started. By the way, when did candy bars at the grocery store become $1.30? I have $1.29 candy bars at the store. Remember when they were 50 cents? Then it's 59, 69, $1.29 for a candy bar. So from when I was a kid, to now, 50 cents candy bars are now $1.39, so inflation right there in the candy aisle. And finally, probably the biggest news of the day and the most misleading headline, but here we go. The headline is, Bitcoin is coming to hundreds of U.S. banks this year, says crypto custody firm NYDIG. 
And now the article says, for the first time, customers in some U.S. banks will soon be able to buy, hold, and sell Bitcoin through their existing accounts, according to the crypto custody firm NYDIG. Really thought all U.S. banks were going to get this ability to buy, sell, and hodl cryptocurrency, and then it's like some. The article goes on to say, while firms are in discussions with some of the biggest U.S. banks, many of the lenders that have agreed to participate are smaller institutions like Suncrest, a California-based community bank with seven branches. A far cry from what I thought this article was going to say, it now says Suncrest Bank, which I've never heard about. Probably a great community bank. Love them to death. Seven branches, small business. You guys rock on. Take your Bitcoin. But a little bit misleading with this title. However, this really shows something, I think. This shows, in my opinion, that money is being moved out of these banks to buy cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Maybe it's being moved to Coinbase because it went public. People are moving money out of the banks to Coinbase. Smaller banks like Suncrest can't handle all of those moves going out of their bank. They need the money to stay in there so they can invest it, so they can do different things with the money, so they can keep it in their bank, so they can keep their doors open. And if money is moving out of their bank so they can buy cryptocurrency, these smaller banks are the first one to hop on board saying, yeah, we need this so money stays within our banks so we can have that capital to do what we need to do as a bank. And by the way, this is all my assumption. So you take this with a grain of salt. So the smaller banks feel the pressure of their clients to bring Bitcoin in-house more so than these bigger banks like Chase or whatever. But even though money's going out of Chase to Coinbase to buy cryptocurrencies, they are able to manage it a lot better because of their size. So small banks first because of the money going out of small banks. And they're like, let's just keep this in-house. People can buy Bitcoin through our bank and then they can keep their money in the bank instead of moving it out. The other one is this Chase and Citibank and Fifth Third. They all are seeing the same thing, but they can absorb that money moving out a little better, but they're going to hop on board once they see more and more money moving out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to DeemerForCongress.com. That's D-I-E-M-E-R for Congress.com. I am asking you to donate to my campaign for Congress. Blockchain advocate in Congress. You guys listen to my show. You guys should know me by now. If you guys think I'll be good in Congress, put money into the campaign. It's the only way I can have a chance. Also, I'm working on taking Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So if you're waiting for that, I'll make an announcement on the show that my campaign officially takes Bitcoin and cryptocurrency hopefully soon. Hopefully. Just making sure we're all compliant. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>